All right. Welcome to the podcast, Brent. First ever edition. First edition. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> First ever. Right. I'm honored. I'm honored. Good. Thanks for having me. It's really, uh, for me, it's really exciting to have you. Um, for those of you out there, Brent was one of my first VPs, one of my first big influences in the business. Um, I've told you this many times. I owe you, I owe a lot of what I've learned about the business to you. So for me to do this is kind of full circle. I'm really excited about it. I agree that you owe me a lot. Oh man, this is great. I'm happy to do this. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're doing this too. I think it's great. And it's going to serve uh, the people out there that are interested in the topic of account management and wanting to uh, get better if they're in it or wanting to get into it. I think this is really important. So uh, cheers to you for setting it forward. Thanks, man. Um, I was thinking for our first edition, what we could talk about is the client service role in general. And specifically, I know that a lot of, whether it's young recruits, young coordinators, um, the question is often asked, what is a good account person? And I think even if you were to look at some of the literature that's out there, it's, it's not that it's up for debate, but it's still a difficult subject to put your finger on and define. So I wanted to kind of get your perspective on it so that yeah. whoever's out there listening to this, they can already kind of wrap their mind about what good account servicing is. So before maybe we get, before we get to what good accounts or uh, account servicing is, maybe we can talk about what account servicing is. So, yeah, no, it's a, it, it's a good question. I'll actually start off with it. I actually spent a lot of time thinking about this and you and I've got, it's, <laughs> Geez, we're, I'm aging myself and aging you in the process. I think it's been 12, 13, 15 years since we worked together. Right. But this topic goes way back to, um, it's actually, for me, it's not hard to describe. You're the quarterback, right. right? And I use a lot of sports analogies. And, you know, for those out there that don't love football, I'm going to use American football as the example, but you can use any of your sports analogies, mm. uh, be it European or soccer, as we refer to it, or you know, hockey or whatever it is, you're, you're the quarterback. And, and why I use NFL as the example is that you have a whole bunch of different dynamics happening, but at the end of the day, you're the ringleader, you're the play caller, you're accountable to move the ball down the field and score points. It's that simple. So right. that's your responsibility and that's who you are. And everything starts and ends with you. So uh, I've, I've not found a better, easier way to describe it than to say you're the quarterback of the agency and of the client. I remember us talking about it. And one thing that struck with me was how the analogy works on quite a few level. One of them being is um, the quarterback has to keep it cool under pressure. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. It's right. the, uh, um, and, and I know I'm going to get a lot of haters right out of the gates because I know a lot of people don't love Tom Brady and some people adore him. Yeah. So, you know, we'll use Aaron Rodgers as the example, too, to continue <laughs> the NFL. And I've I've found a way to articulate to say you have to be the calm, assertive voice of reason. Yeah. And <laughs> this is going to sound horrible, but uh, if, you have, if, if for those that are dog owners out there, if 
if you go into a dog park and you have 20 dogs playing and they're all playing quietly and everything's going well and you have one dog that walks in and starts barking and getting a little aggressive all of a sudden the entire pack gets aggressive and starts barking that's how right. it works and yeah. that's the same thing as the importance of being a calm assertive voice of reason that um if your client is panicking about something and you've taken that phone call and found a way to articulate it, you have two choices. Let's say it's a creative problem or they hate the ad and you've got to deliver the news to the creative team, the strategy team, the creative directors in the room. You have two choices. You can run in and go, holy fuck, we're screwed. The client wants to throw everything out the window and we only have one week to turn it around and they refuse to move their air date or the production date. Right. So setting the tone for everybody in the room, like the barking dogs to lose their mind, to start cursing the client, to start talking about everything that's wrong with it. Yeah. Um, or you go back to the analogy of both the dog park, but more importantly, the quarterback that when Tom Brady is down by seven points and there's four seconds left on the clock and he's at the 20 and it's fourth and long, he walks into the huddle and then walks up to the line of scrimmage with his hands tucked in his, his yeah. little hand warmers. He looks like he's got three days to complete this. Right. <laughs> right. But he goes into the huddle and what does he say? He doesn't go, oh my God, there's only four seconds left and we're going to lose it. No, he goes into the huddle and is like, all right, guys, listen, we've been here before. This has mm -hmm. happened to us so many times and we always deliver. In fact, usually it means that we deliver something even greater than what we came in with. Yep. And, you know, this is your assignment. This is your assignment. Here's how we're going to get it done. I've already got a couple of plans, but I, you know, and, and, and let's just go out and execute. Right. And you can see that now the dogs aren't barking. Rather, the dogs are thinking and they're looking at you as a leader because there's right. so many different personalities in an agency. And that's a whole other topic of psych the psychology of all the different players that are involved. But that's yeah. the easiest way to articulate. You need to be the calm voice of reason all the time. Same with your client. Your client's going to yell and scream and they'll want you to help them out with something that their boss yelled at them. You can get sucked into yeah. putting fuel on that fire or you can calm the whole situation down and be very rational. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's, it's funny. Like that, like I said, the analogy, when you had first told me this at first, if you were going to use a sports analogy, I always thought more of, you know, the, the role similar to a coach. Um, mm -hmm. But I like what I like specifically about the quarterback analogy is you know, in, in, in doing the, the, I'm doing a course right now, as you know, um, that's, that, that's mm -hmm. helping students and coordinators better understand the role. I was trying to strip away some of the complexities of the business. And, you know, it's easy to forget that the role, like you said, you pointed the, and thanks for calling it out. It's, it's account management, right? Right. Like if you strip everything away, you're, you're, man you're managing an account, you're managing a client, you're managing a product, you're, you're somewhat of a manager, yep. right? And the responsibility of a manager to a certain degree is to make sure that the project moves forward kind of constantly, yep. right? So the, 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 the role of a quarterback is to move the ball further down the field. So to right. me, that's, that's something that really illustrates what's easy to forget because Advertising is a creative industry. It's easy to forget. It's a business. Right. right. Yeah. 
And you touched on something too, that, that your role is to uncomplicate the complicated. Yes. Right? How, how many, how many, uh, how many client briefs have you got that you're like, I just read through this three times and I have no idea what you're asking me to do. Not a right. clue. So you have two choices. If you're a client servicing company, you deliver that brief to your strategist and you slough it off on them and you hope they can make sense of it. Or you brief something poorly mm. and you ended up, you know, as I call it, shit in, shit out, right? Yep. If you have a bad brief, don't expect your creative team to fix a bad brief. You're going to go five rounds of work with your clients and then they're going to realize their brief was wrong. Right. So, you know, uncomplicate the complicated, right? Go back to your client with that brief and explain to them that I have no idea what you've written here. And instead of just, calling it out, help them write a better brief, right? Right. And, and explain to them the significance of being able to have a tight, succinct, clear brief that gets delivered to a strategist, then to a creative team. And then that round one, you're going to see impeccable work versus going in with this and going five rounds, which we can get into a whole other discussion about then that makes your account completely unprofitable. Yeah. And then you have a CEO that's freaking out and why are we not profitable and why are we going eight rounds? You know, that's just a symptom, but you know, full circle back to your jobs to uncomplicate the complicated and our business on paper is the easiest business in the planet. This is, it's actually a joke, right? <laughs> Even from a finance standpoint, it's a real simple business. The problem is in practice, it has so many different personalities and so many things that can and can't go wrong and so many different demands right. uh, that we end up, it looks like a spider web when it should just be a straight line. Yeah, and that's, and, and, and before we move on to the next point, I think that's what I kind of meant at first when I say it's difficult to put your finger on it because on the one hand, you could oversimplify it as it's a management job. Mm -hmm. I'd argue that if you were to simply describe that to um, to someone that's breaking into the business or take, for example, me, like I had gone in wanting to be a copywriter at first and a VP of mine at the time said, you're more a client service kind of guy. You're more in, in that department. And turns out she was, she was, she was right. Yeah. Um, but had she told me, you know, it's strictly account management. And I would have, let's say, talked to a buddy of mine who was in, I don't know, construction or you know engineering and he tells me about what account management is in his field i don't know that it would have helped me right because to your point the spider web complicates it right like the creative product complicates it so it's in the context of advertising whether you want to call it client service account services account management i agree with you it's 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 important to kind of label it right but it's difficult to, 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 especially for someone who's trying to learn, it's difficult to get them the accurate pulse. Yep. No, well said. Um, so if you were, if you were, I mean, you've, you've, you've gone through a lot of the echelons. If, if you were to start your new agency tomorrow, for example, and, um, you were to <laughs> the last thing I would ever do. <laughs> How would you like, what would you say to, 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 what would you say an agency relies on from the broader account team as a whole? Everything, right? <laughs> Nothing moves forward without the account team. Think about it. If you yeah. actually lay it out on paper, right? Brief comes to the account management team, right? Who assesses it, 
deciphers it, then, then passes it in and meets with strategy to go through it. Then that brief gets approved through the account team all the way up to a managing director, an SVP, whatever you want to call them. In some cases, a smaller agency, it might even be the president. Then it goes to the creative team and the creative team delivers work back to the ECD that then comes back to the account team, which at the highest level approves the work, which is going to go to a client, right? They do the setup. They make sure that, that, that everything's on time. They book the meetings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I could go on for hours, but they rely on the account team to be the quarterback, right? right? Um, if you take the quarterback out of the huddle, you got a bunch of guys standing around in the field waiting for the quarterback. You see right. this all the time. It's like, well, hey, guys, the play clock's wearing down, but Brady's not on the field yet, or Aaron Rodgers standing at the sidelines. All of a sudden, they jog back in. Oh, God, thank you. Finally, somebody to tell us what to do. Right? Yeah. And I don't mean that to sound like the the other individuals involved are, are inept in any way or incapable. It's just the way the business is set up. There is a quarterback. And that's why that account people often as well, they don't like when a CEO comes down on them for mm. creative uh, execution being horrible, right? Something goes to market, it doesn't work. The CEO never saw it. And then they see it and they're like, this is horrible work. Who yeah. do they come down on? They come down to the account person because right. the stops there, right? It's the same thing that, uh, and that's where your analogy goes from the quarterback to the coach, right? And that yeah. account person's the very most senior one, uh, which we'll call like an SVP, a managing director, more of the coach and all of the lower ranks, kind of more of the quarterbacks that are moving it forward. But um, hey, if it fails, you know, hey, maybe, maybe Aaron Rodgers had a bad year or his wide receivers were dropping the ball. They don't care. They fire the right. coach. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's where if you go back to sports, it's often easier to get rid of the coach than a whole yeah. roster. Right. Yeah. The the thing I liked about the coach analogy in, in that is the is the fact that a coach like when I didn't really understand sports that much, like I'm like, I started wondering, well, why do you need a coach? Right. right. Like you, you think you'd figure you'd have every player knows their role. Every player can kind of rotate in and out of the lineup according to the situation. Right. Who's going to tell Sidney Crosby that he's doing it wrong? <laughs> well, that's it. Right. But also the, the, the ups and downs, ups and flows of the game, you can't right. predict what's going to happen at any given time. So you have to have someone with a bit of that perspective that's not really in the deep um, to be able to, to, to kind of not call the shots, but at least direct people, give them that sense of perspective. Right. Cause otherwise it's, it's, I mean, I've seen some creative people, for example, that are good at maintaining their schedule and are good at some of the most, let's just call them rational sure. you know, left brain items. Um, but by nature, it's it's easier for them to focus on one part of the puzzle. Otherwise, they may they may kind of dilute their brain space from the creativity. Right, and that's what you hired them for. That's what you what? If that's what you hired them for. I mean, right? Yeah, you know, understand your swimming lanes. There's certain responsibilities, and I mean, that's a whole other podcast to be like, yeah, you you can learn to keep your own schedule. Like you're not that yeah. cool. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, their, their swimming lane is their swimming lane and their strength is their strength. So, you know, mm -hmm. set them up. I mean, that's another thing that we, that, we, that we often overlook. Like your job as a quarterback or your job as the coach is to set the team up for success. Yes. Right? 
So don't give them three days to take something that's three weeks. Again, you client servicing or you managing? Go back right. to the client with a compelling reason that you need three weeks and turn it into a strength to them, not a weakness, right? I'm not buying time for the sake of time. I'm buying time because that's how long it takes to do the job. Yeah, right? totally. Uh, and, and, and that's a talent to have, you know, to, to learn and, and to get better at having clients understand like why it is that, that we need the time to do what we do or why it is that we're recommending that track over this track or why it is that we pick social exclusively versus television. I mean, you need to, you need to be able to articulate yourself self and, and that's your swimming lane, right? The creative right. people swimming lane and the strategy swimming lane. Those are clear. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think, I think one aspect of the, of the, um, of the role, obviously, like, like you talked about is management that's undeniable. Mm-hmm. Um, where it gets tricky talking about the swimming lanes is something I know you and I talk a lot about. And I think the best way I ever heard it was from you. And I don't know if it's from you or if you heard it somewhere else, but I like what you said in saying once, there's a case to be made that what degree is more useful in this business, <laughs> right? Psychology yeah. or business. And yeah. you make a case for, for both of them. So the psychology aspect of it, you know, again, going back to, to being in your lanes is, is dealing a lot with people. Um, what aspect of the psychology you find impacts the most the client service role? Well, I mean, Again, going back to a sports analogy, like you have such a cast of characters inside of an ad agency. Yeah. So let's assume, and this would be incorrect as well, but let's just draw some, let's just, you know, put a brush stroke across certain things. Like typically a great account person is going to be an A-type, right? right? Um, And those are your quarterbacks. And, you know, if you look at quarterbacks, that's how they are. And then you look at the, you know, the, the egomaniac, prima, dare I call them prima donnas, uh, little insecure, uh, little precious. Those are your right. creative people. Those are your wide receivers. Yeah. You've got your linemen, offensive, defensive linemen. Those are the unsung heroes. Like, I couldn't, na- I couldn't name you more than five linemen in the NFL right now because we don't hear their names. They're not the right. stars. But funny enough, oftentimes they're some of the highest paid players in the league. Yeah. But that's your studio. That's your production back of house, dare I call it, right? So you have all these differing personalities. And if you think that you can negotiate your way, uh, if, if I would think that I could negotiate a, a difficult situation with you the same way that I could have with, with Carlos, the creative director, I become a quick idiot, right? Yeah. Because the psychology of the two different personalities, right. what their, what their uh, various interests are mm. uh, and m- what makes a 10 of 10 to each of them may be completely different. So why would you decide that you can deal with them the same way? It's the same with clients. You're going to have clients that are insecure, that are only driven to impress their boss. And you're going to have clients that are truly independent thinkers that are on their way to the next greatest thing and they need your help getting them there. Yeah. Those are two completely different things. Like how many times have you heard a catchphrase all of a sudden come out of every client, junior client's mouth for an entire week. And you're like, okay, so when did the CMO walk down the hallway and say that word? Right. Yeah. Well, 
that's going to be different than dealing with the CMO. Right. right? So it's, you can make a compelling case that you at least should study both, right? If you're not going to get a master's in psychology or an MBA, well, you certainly should be studying psychology and business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, take me, for example, I, I I did programming, like that has nothing to do with anything, but I know it showed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I I can't help it. Yeah, no, that's, I gave you, I served it on yeah. a solar platter. Yeah. Um, but I remember, I remember when you told me that a few, a few months ago, and it is true. Like, I think if you, while you definitely can function in this, in, in client service without having a good understanding of the human mind, if, if you don't, it, it will definitely limit you and your growth. Completely. It's a business we're in too. Like, let's not forget the business we're in. The business we're in is the consumer's mind. Yeah. Right. So if you can't figure out, you know, your junior strategy director's mind, (laughs) well, then you're probably not in a position to be able to evaluate the insights that that the strategy team and creative team are trying to exploit. So if you're not in the psychology business at all, then yeah. you probably just shouldn't be in this business. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no, it's not for everybody. Actually, it's for the very few, let's be honest, right? Yeah, and I think, again, it's in that sense that, again, it's not that it's difficult to put your finger on this job, but it 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 does take a special breed of person to perform and to have a long-lasting career or stint or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's not as cool as Mad Men anymore. Those were, those were the fifties and sixties. And then, you know, uh, I, I think I was fortunate enough to catch kind of, you know, about a seven to eight year run of the ad business, but the business yeah. changed a lot. You know, there's, there's no room for error anymore. There's, it's not as cool as it was on Mad Men. You got to think your way through it. Um, yeah. we're just, we're just not that cool to our clients anymore. Right. We used to be the creative class, the cool kids. It was okay to just be an ad guy and, deliver miraculous Super Bowl ads and then go have a liquid lunch and party for the rest of the night. Yes. Like that anymore. It's not. It's funny. And talking to some students nowadays, part of the aura still gives off that vibe to them. One student told me, it feels like if you're going to be, if you're studying in communication right now, you've made it. If you go into advertising, it's like the the pinnacle. Well, it's because their professors are my age. Right. (laughs) And they're telling them stories of staying at the Sunset Marquee with unlimited budgets and production teams yeah. taking them out for dinners every night. And yeah, well, those are the good old days. That was Not also no days of 40 to 60% margins, right? And now yeah. we're like, if you deliver 20, you're a hero. Yeah, that's definitely changed. I, I think going back to the, to what we were talking about before the psychology aspect, I, I I think sometimes it's good to give a few examples just to situate what that means. Cause you know, you can interpret so many different ways. And for me, I remember, I remember being exposed to a few good account people before you. I remember the moments where I kind of understood what it looks like to others to be a good account person. Mm-hmm. And that, and it means being an actual sought out resources. And I'll explain what that means. At first, when you're starting out in advertising, I mean, let's face it, a lot of it is um, 
conducive and that you're supposed to bring information from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can bring some added value. Yes, you're expected a few, you know, to go a bit above and beyond. But let's face it, a lot of what's expected from client service in the junior role is fairly standard. You're you're kind of not a, um, a necessary evil, but, you know, if people could do your job, then we wouldn't need this, mm-hmm. right? If people could have that other aspect. So to your point earlier, people, clients pay agencies for their creativity. They don't pay them for their management skills to a right. certain degree. So you kind of go up the first few ladders thinking no one really, I'm not there to bring that much added value. And I remember when I saw that differently was, I'm not going to name the client, but we were working on um, a complicated brief, let's just say. And I don't know. I don't even know who this is. Yeah. (laughs) We had gone through quite a bit around of revisions and Mm -hmm. All the work was always good. It's just the client was figuring out what their brand was about at the same time that they were briefing us on this project. And a very senior um, creative director, if not even CCO, right? Like just literally walked into the room with the last email with the comments and just said, Brent, what what does this client want? Right? And it was just an, an element of, Again, going back to the analogy, it's like the team just kind of deflated, going back, turning back to Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady and saying, what play do we do now? Like, how do we get this done? Like, I'm, 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 I'm out of ideas. I'm out of ways to get through the defense. What do we do? Yep. Right. And that's when I'm like, that's when I had never seen someone turn to anyone in client service and just, you know, be so thirsty to just what do we do? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that, and that's when you know that you're an integral part of, of the organization, right? When a CCO comes to you and says, I don't know what to do here. Um, but then you see the best account people be able to solve that problem quickly and the worst ones be able to not. Um, because all too often we've all had multiple clients over our years that, you know, we call it brief hunting or strategy hunting through creative work. And it's the worst possible thing that you can run into because it's an undecided insecure client or it's a bad account person, quite frankly, that didn't hold them to a better brief, that didn't hold them to their task list being accurate and allowed them and didn't call time out, quite frankly. Even some of the best clients I've worked with have have had the best briefs, yeah. the best idea of what they wanted. But when we got two rounds in, we're like, oh, this isn't working. And that's yeah. okay because you're both on the same page figuring it out. But right. Um, you know, that's when the best account people shine and they're able to manage a client um, and call a timeout and say, we're confused. We're brief hunting through doing work. We need to do a whiteboard session. It's mm-hmm. about having the right people in the room then. And that's when the greatest creative directors, the greatest strategists, the greatest account people and everybody and the greatest clients show up and make a difference because you can uh, course correct quickly or you can right. keep down that path forever. Right. But, but what you just spoke to, which is so inc- important in every role, right? You, you talk about the importance of, because I know yeah. that there's a lot of focus on junior roles for this podcast and, you know, what do you have to do? Well, that was a very senior example of being the go-to, yeah. right? 
the chief creative officer sometimes go to the CEO and they bypass everybody and they say they count teams horrible or what have you. But if you have a chief creative officer walk in your office and go, help me solve this, but I need your help, you know, you've done your role. It's the yeah. same thing with most junior level, become reliable, become the go-to. I used to say to people starting out in the business, what is my role? How can I be good? If, if, a, if a really mid to senior level client or a mid to senior level, um, uh, executive in, in any of the agency yeah. are calling you or emailing you to provide them with something or to help them with something that right. means you can get promoted right? Yeah, because you're the go-to. And I know that's oversimplifying it, but it's like we talked about, it. it's about uncomplicating the complicated, be the go-to person. Every agency, your junior role is going to have different requirements. Yes. But the one thread that goes through that entire requirement is become the go-to person that is always ahead of the curve and making sure that everybody has what they need to do their job well. Yeah. I think, I think that's very um, undervalued in account servicing and client servicing is the aspect of reliability. And I have a buddy of mine who, who's a chef and I was just asking him about what it's like to, to run a kitchen. And I don't know if we talked about this, but no. Turns out it it feels like if if you were the best analogy to client service as a department is a kitchen brigade. And yeah, for sure. The the that. the role, the, the example I like to give to juniors is, you know, respectfully, you're like the dishwasher, mm-hmm. right? You you may it may not be glamorous, it may not be the cool creative thing you you wanted to when you got into the kitchen. But without clean cookware, without clean silverware, ain't nothing's coming out of the kitchen. No, no, nothing's getting cooked. Yeah. It, so if you're reliable, if you're getting this done, if people are going to start start to turn to you, people are going to start trusting you. And the tr- that aspect of trust is what you kind of build on to further not just your career, but just to, to actually, that's the job, right? But, that, yeah, that's- it's funny how that statement where, you know, you and I spend a lot of time as well talking about the differences of, of leadership and, and how we manage the young people that are in the business today. And, you know, there's no sense complaining about it. It's understanding that, again, the psychology that, that generations yeah. change. And, you know, we used to say, if nobody's complaining, you're doing a great job. Right. right? Yeah, totally. And now, and, and, and now it's a little bit different. And, you know, recognizing people has become the utmost importance. And, and, and I agree with that. It's, it's just handled differently. But, you know, back in the day, it was just that, that if nobody's complaining about there not being any dishes and nobody's complaining about the dishes that are coming out, having a mark on them, well, then you're doing an amazing job. Right. Yeah. Is but- what it is. And understand and celebrate your part of that, of that, of that kitchen brigade, as you call it, that, yeah. that is, uh, that is celebrating a night well done at the end of the night. Right. Yeah, it's like a ref, right? Like, you know, a ref is doing a good job at refing a game when he's not being noticed that much. Right. Right. Yeah. And the other thing, speaking of young people, is really understand your craft and get really fucking good at it before you decide that you, you're ready for a promotion. Right. Yeah. We all want to be promoted in 40 seconds or less, but it, it'll, it'll serve you a lot better if you spend your time and really understand your craft before they move you from dishwasher to sous chef. Right. Yeah, I know that's something you you personally and I do too uh, feel strongly about is the aspect of being a student of the game, right? Yep. Like that's a lot of a, a lot of um, the skills that are required to be good in accounts at all the levels do require you to learn 
whatever the quote unquote equivalent level is of the other departments yeah. and your clients. Yeah. Right. And that brings me to another point that I um I think we talked about we talked about, you know, management, we talked about psychology. Um would you say I, I mean I know the answer because we talked about it already, but would you say that one of the aspects that gets kind of you know brushed under is that an expression in English brushed under the carpet? Yeah. Yeah. Swept under the carpet. Swept under the carpet. Yeah. Is the the business acumen side of it, right? Of course. Yeah. I mean, again, we were talking earlier about it used to be okay that, you know, it was more like Mad Men and we were just the cool kids, but it's no longer acceptable to not understand the business of the business. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been horribly frustrated uh, and I won't call any people out, but like senior mid to senior level creative people, strategists, account people that they don't really even understand the agency business and how we make money. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, uh, and creative people will be like, well, that's your problem. No, it's not. It's everybody's problem. This is a for-profit business. Yeah. Right? This is, this is an intricate machine that, that has uh, tough margins and requires everybody's understanding of it in order for the agency to be profitable reach its goals and satisfy everybody. And I'm shocked at how many people, A, don't understand the business of our business. When yeah. in it, uh, and then B, don't understand their client's business. I mean, I was fortunate enough uh, to run a couple courses that were called the business of your client's business. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I have an MBA and you don't need one to be in this business, but you should have a reasonable business acumen and understand how your clients make money, what their motivations are, because when they make a bad or what we think is a bad decision, right? Oh, I can't believe they're going with that campaign and they're going with this one. Like that's crazy. And I used to always say, if you want to understand what we're calling a crazy decision, follow the money. Yeah. Right. Because that business is about, and you'll quickly find that, Oh, your client has a bonus that is associated with this yeah. As opposed to that. Yeah. Okay. Now I get it. And then you find creative people, you know, that are very passionate about selling option A or sorry, option B in this case, are going to be like, oh, of course. Now I get right. it. And and they're not going to they're not going to push back as hard as they would. And you'll find middle ground quicker. But I mean, you you know, from my background, I was fortunate enough to run a Budweiser's business globally when I was at Anomaly in New York. And, you know, I asked everybody, you know, let's talk about the client and let's understand the business of their business. What business are they in? Mm. And of course, I had 30 some odd people look at me like I was an idiot and say, well, Brent, I mean, they're a brewery. They brew beer and they sell beer. Right. I said to them, I assure you, the last business AB InBev is in is brewing. That's (laughs) the last business they're in. Yeah. And then you get people intrigued of and then I'd start asking questions about, uh, you know, the certain topics that were in the news and their acquisition strategy, um, their bullying strategy, let's just call it what it is. And anybody from that organization would agree with that. 160 day payment terms, 160 days, that's half a freaking year. So what business are they in? Oh, they're a bank. Right. (laughs) They're one of the world's largest banks. They have a bigger hedging department and a futures department. Like they're buying wheat and barley and and their their procurement department is switched into that and they're doing it on right. a global level and this this is a huge operation they're not a brewery that's no more of like everybody thinks car dealers are in the car business no they're in the real estate business 
Finding right. a car dealer is a shitty location. <laughs> They're That's not. true. They have the best corner locations yeah. and they use the profit from selling vehicles, which is very slim margin. Moreover, they use their servicing revenue to pay for the property that they're invested in. And then they're going to buy another one. Right. And if, if you understand your client's business, you're just better equipped to manage them and to get the best for them. Right. What do they, right. what do they really want? You know, question their KPIs that they put on a brief because half of them are full of shit. Right. Um, really get to the nitty gritty of what do they need to do? And then, hey, I, I remember getting great advice. I can't remember who it was. And, you know, whoever's listening that may have been a senior to me, please reach out and claim claim it. You, your job is to get your client promoted. Yeah. Right. I have no I have had no nicer notes than from clients that have been promoted to acknowledge the agency and potentially your personal role in helping them get there. That's incredible. That's your job. And the only way you get there is by understanding what is a KPI for them that makes sense for the business that makes sense? What is the company going to celebrate the, to the, the collective accomplishing? Yeah. Uh, and what are they not? Because this isn't a bit in an individual business to just take up a walk, you know, take a walk to the podium at can right. pick up your lion and, and go home and, and collect your check. That's not how it is anymore. You need a business acumen. And if you don't, the business it's, it's unfortunate. Those that don't, I, I really feel bad for them because they actually don't, get the fun in the business and the nitty gritty in the business. It's so much more than we produce creative work to drive sales. It's more than that. Yeah, I hear you. And I think similarly to the, the psychology side, it's, it's fine that you are not, you know, fully developed and having a business acumen. Again, it'll limit you, right? It'll limit your growth potential. Right. It'll limit how you kind of interact with the business it'll limit you on a lot of different levels right and it's and i find that the business acumen does tie into the psychology in that if you can't make a point to understand that your client's decisions on the creative aspect isn't solely based on the creative it's also based on business decisions which has a whole bunch of other objectives and priorities like the objective of a client is to grow their business, mm -hmm. right? The purpose of an ad agency, its purpose is to create advertising. Sure, but it's a means to an end to grow the business. So if you're not concerned with the business, if you're not thinking about how can this help my clients, which goes back to the psychology, well, it helps their business. So if you can't kind of marry that, well, it, it'll be, that's where I find that, you know, you want to bring it back to, it gets difficult to manage client feedback concretely, right? Because all you hear is, oh, I don't want this option or I don't want this or et cetera, but there's something motivating it. And if you're not trying to understand it, then you're limited into how you kind of put it into words to your team. Well, what you just said is interesting as well, because I've had a bunch of these discussions lately with some really senior people and, and executives that, yeah. you know, what you just said is in fact true. It used to be our business was, you know, you need to grow your business and you hire us to make advertising to help grow right. your business. But in fact, what we're seeing is that dynamic is changing. Yes. Right? Because the reason that consultancies are buying up ad agencies and being much more successful at it is that they realize that the last thing a client actually needs is another fucking ad agency. Right. Right. What they do need is a business partner to help them manage their way through 
and achieve their goals. And that may or may not be an advertisement. Mm. It may be just a big idea that helps them move product differently. It yep. may be an innovative, uh, you know, something like the Bud Red Light when, when we came up with that and we were at Anomaly in Toronto that, you know, that wasn't an advertisement. The brief was an ad. The brief yep. was, I need an ad for the Super Bowl and we need to uh, improve the association of Budweiser with hockey against uh, Molson Canadian, who has the rights to the NHL. Yeah. Quick brief that we had to take on. And the branded utility that we came up with with Bud Red Light wasn't an ad. It ended up making an ad about that. Right. Um, but that was more important than the ad itself. And we're seeing the business change that make no mistake, consultants, uh, God, their margins would be about at least five, five X of what ad agencies are. Wow. And, and why is that? Well, because they're business people first, there's, and then they provide business solutions second. And if that's an ad, they would then have exported that report to yeah. the client to employ an ad agency to solve it. And then consultancy is like, wait a second, um, we keep giving away money to these guys and we're doing all the work. So why don't we extend our own value chain and buy Droga? <laughs> right, yeah. Well done, because now your clients see you in a different light. They see you as a consultancy, not an ad agency alone. And you have the ad agency in your back pocket to execute your ideas. Yeah. All right. Um, let's wrap this up. I think we talked about a lot of different things as to what client service is, how to label it, what are some of the pillars, um, what is expected from the role. Mm -hmm. What would you say now if we were trying to, if you were trying to summarize it, what makes a good, well-rounded account person in an ad agency? I mean, it's all the things we just talked about, right? It's being, yeah. a, it, that's like saying what makes a great quarterback is that the ability to throw the ball? No, they all can do that. Yeah. Right. Is the ability to stay in the pocket? Maybe, but then there are running quarterbacks that do quite well. It's, it's, it's every, you have to be the package, right? right. And that in every sport, we say that person's the whole package. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. It means they think different. They're physically different. They can excel at what the basics that they need to do is throwing the ball, accelerating the ball, being accurate. I mean, what makes a great account person is being an unbelievable quarterback to yeah. be able to see and visualize everything that's around with them, to be able to anticipate what's coming, um, to be one step ahead of everybody, your yeah. clients, your, your, your CFO, right? Right. Uh, if they want you, if you're an hours-based agency and you know you're going to need to reconcile at the end of the quarter, hey, I have an idea. Don't wait for the email to say, I need that reconciliation. It's a week late. Get ahead of it. Get ahead yeah. of it. Um, so those are the innate, like, you know, and, and I don't want to say that you have to be an A-type to be a great account person, but those aspects tend to be with a lot of A-types. They're ahead yeah, of the curve. They're a motivator. They're the calm, assertive voice mm -hmm. of reason. Um, they know how to get the best out of people. They know how to confidently negotiate with a client. Yeah. They're not a pushover, right? Pushovers, there's enough pushovers in this business. That's a whole yeah. other podcast alone, right? Um, and it's to be, to be able to teach, right? We talk about, we, we, you know, you've talked to me about what makes a great junior account person or, you know, a great senior account person makes a great junior account person. The problem mm. is the shortage of great senior account people. Yeah, and we're not teaching the generation next how to be great at it. That's the problem. 
Yeah, I think a lot of my hopes, not just with this podcast, with this, with the the whole suit school in general, is if 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 at all, you know, there I can help and we can help the next crop just to be that much more informed, be that much more aware, be that much more prepared um, to get into this business and to know what to expect. That kind of gives them the head start that they need. Yeah. That a lot of us didn't get, right? Yeah, like right. We, talked, we talked about trial by fire. Just you often, it, hey, the reality is agencies don't always have time to groom you the way that they would probably want to, but they just, huh. they throw young account coordinators right in the mix and then they got to kind of figure it out. Yeah, I don't think it ever worked. I think that we just pretended <laughs> it worked. But I think now more than ever that, you know, the conditions of the business and the expectations on agencies are so significant that it, that it reveals itself quickly that that doesn't work anymore. And and to your point, I mean, I know this is episode one, but as you acquire yeah. a following, you're going to have young people. Hey, we, we still we still think we know what it's like to be young in the business, and we don't. The business sure. has changed. Yeah, uh, the entire business environment has changed. The client demands have changed. So you know, you can reach out to your community. I'm happy to come back on again whenever you need me. That you know, there's going to be Q and A. There's going to be people saying, "Well, I ran into this. What do you think I should do?" And and I'm happy to try and help consult them through that. Yeah, I think a lot of I think we'll end up doing some of these in the um, in our edition of the podcast because, yeah. like it or not, it's while there's no substitute for for experience, the, the the idea of being exposed to someone to a senior person's thinking mm-hmm. can definitely be of service. I know for me it helped a lot because when when we when I got exposed. Well, we, when you and I started working together, it was kind of by, it wasn't by design. It was just, there was, there was a vacuum at, I had no senior management. I was kind of dropped into the, into the situation. And I was literally three years into the business and I was surrounded by people that had 10 to 15 years. Like those were my direct everyday people like I was I was reporting to a VP and SVP strategy and it just I got exposed to like I got to sit in meetings that I had no business sitting in but just seeing the 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 octane at which these people would think interact and solve problems that's when you started realize that's when I started realizing oh that's how it's done right Right. that's like I went I went from triple a to the big leagues right yeah Yeah, you're exactly right Mm. All right, man. Good. Good first episode of the uh, of uh, the podcast. Perfect. Um, I really appreciate you being uh, on this, and um, I will do this again pretty soon. Yeah, and if to anyone's listening, if you have any questions, if you want us to kind of dig deeper into something, feel free to send us uh, an email. An email. I'll um, I'll drop uh, my email in the show notes. And uh, Brian, thanks again for doing this, buddy. Perfect. Thank you, man. We'll catch up yeah. soon. All right, man. Ciao.